Well, hey guys, uh, again, so glad you're here. Sorry you have to hear my voice for announcements and for the message, but uh, I know. Well, hey, I want to tell you, uh, you know, one of my good friends, Quinn, he said, you could really judge the health of a church by its fellowship time. And I tell you what, if, if loud, crazy, and I have to fight to get you guys to sit down and stop talking to each other is healthy, then uh, that's a really great thing. And so, so glad you guys are here. We are going to take a little break from 1 Corinthians for one Sunday. And the reason why we're doing this is I really feel like God's been putting some things in my heart that I feel like we need to share and talk about here at Outpost. And so if you're members here, this will be something for you. But I also want to update everybody on a few things that are going on at Outpost that are really significant for the trajectory of where Outpost is going, okay, and some internal things. But before I do that, let me pray. Because the reality is we need the Holy Spirit's power, all of us, to be and make fully devoted followers of Christ, which is what we're going to talk about and how the decisions we're making are going that direction, okay? So it's what I'm gonna do. It might feel awkward for you, but I want you just to have some prayer time to yourself. It's not gonna be long, but just you and the Lord. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask the Lord uh, through His Spirit, who He calls a counselor and a helper, to help open your eyes and heart uh, to what we're gonna talk about this morning. I'm gonna pray the same for my heart. And then I'm gonna pray for us, and then we're gonna dive right in, okay? So let's take a little bit of time. Well, Father, we're here and we're gathered as your people, as you've told us to do, and it is really good. And um, I pray, Father, you would open up my heart and all of our hearts to what it really means to be fully devoted followers of you. I pray that we would take seriously just for, just for one morning um, our lives and how short they are, and how everything we have is a gift from you, even the things that we have so-called earned. And I think I just pray that we would live with thankfulness, and we would realize the great gift that you've given us in your Son, in redemption, in grace, and we wouldn't pass over it as Christian jargon. I pray, Father, by your spirit, transform us into the image of Christ. And I pray that in his name. Amen. Well, hey, guys, the mission of Outpost Community Church, if you've never heard it before, is to be and to make fully devoted followers of Jesus. To be personally a fully devoted follower of Christ and to make other fully devoted followers of Christ. Understanding that full devotion is not just an expectation for a lead pastor or an elder team or a youth pastor or a kids leader, but full devotion to Jesus is an expectation for every single person who's accepted the gospel in their life. Bible showcases that. We believe it to be true. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, when walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus sees two men. It says this, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was later called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers 
of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. The first disciples of Jesus, the first two, they received an invitation from God, from Jesus. But with that invitation came a new trajectory in their life, a new mission for their life, whether they realized it or not. And that mission was Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Jesus tells us what it is. It's to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, the triune God, teaching them to observe all that Jesus has commanded us. And behold, he's going to be with us always, even to the end of the age. Some of you in this room, you have heard the invitation from Jesus, and you've received that invitation, and it should have led to a new trajectory for your life, a new mission for your life. Not just some kind of side hustle for your self-actualization. It's not this side project that we do to help us become more of the kind of guy or kind of gal that we think we kind of want to be. It is a new framework for the way that we see everything. It's a new mission in life. And so I want to update you guys on a few things. Our goal is to be and to make fully devoted followers of Christ because that's an expectation for every single Christian because Jesus deserves our full devotion. And so we are heading down the road to installing elders at Outpost Community Church. And the reason why we've chosen to do elders is because Scripture tells us to and we want to be fully devoted followers of Jesus. And Jesus gave us Scripture. Okay, so I want to give you an update on that. We've been tra- we're coming up on our one-year anniversary as Outpost Community Church. September 13th will be one year. Let's go. Um, but we haven't had elders that whole time. So have we been aimless? No, we've had a leadership team of guys who have been gathering together to act, who have been entrusted with the responsibility of finding God's men to lead this local, uh, local gathering. And we're working our way down to three men that we're going to present to you a month out from our uh, one-year anniversary. Our goal is at that one-year anniversary to be able, be able to install these men. So let me tell you the process real quick of what we're doing right now to get ready for that day, and I hope it encourages, encourages you. Number one, we have been watching them for over a year, some of them for years, and now we're entering into an interview process where we're going to look at them and see if they, how their lives match up with Titus 1 and 1 Timothy 3. It, why do I say those two passages? Because in those two passages... It lists off qualifications of being an elder. Now, I want to encourage you, go read those qualifications and then tell me if you know any man on the planet who matches up to those qualifications. Let me go ahead and give you your answer. You don't. Okay? Right? Literally one of them is, is comma, holy, comma. Okay? I don't know any other men other than Jesus who's just holy. But we're looking for men who are fully devoted followers of Jesus, whose lives we would say are characterized by those things, who can lead us. So they're going to be interviewed and they're going to be not just interviewed themselves, we're going to interview their spouses because they're men. We're going to interview their wives. We're going to interview, if they have coworkers, we're going to interview their coworkers. We're going to talk to their children. You understand this? We're going to go look at everybody around them and say, hey, if you, if this person were to become the elder of your church, would that encourage or discourage you from wanting to be there? All right. Number two, they're going to answer questions around, theological questions around orthodoxy, which is how we think about God and 
the foundation of the faith, and then orthopraxy. Now, what do we do about that? They're going to answer questions around that. We feel like that is a good way of finding out whether or not they can teach. That's one of the qualifications. Now, uh, not all these men have the spiritual gift of teaching, but we think teaching might mean the, that they can rightly divide the Word of God. They can tell you what the Word says. Would you like that? If you went to an elder and you said, hey, what does the Bible say in this? Can you help me understand it? That they could kind of help tell you that? That'd be a good idea. So that's number two. Number three, and you guys are like, oh my gosh, I showed up for a business meeting. No, you didn't. It's going to be good. Number three, the names of these men are going to be presented to the body one month prior to us installing them. Why? So you guys can vote on them? No. You don't get to vote on anything. Welcome to Outpost Community Church. Um, no. Because the two men who are going to be taking these three men through this process want to hear from you if there's any reason you would be discouraged from these men being your elder. So they're going to give you one month to shoot them an email, get a phone call. You're not just going to send a lever. I think this guy's a big meanie head and he shouldn't be there. It's like, no, they're going to want to have a conversation with every single person who has a question. Every single person over a month. You have four weeks and they're going to listen to every question. They're going to take every person seriously. And after that, Lord willing, we'll have three men to present to the body in the, to be in the horrible privilege of being elders of Outpost Community Church. And it's a horrible privilege. Why? Because these men, their responsibility is to teach the body, to shepherd you, which means to be a part of your life, to lead you, be there for you, to train up other men who could shepherd you, be there for you, and to love you, pray for you, and to dive into God's word every single week, every single day, that you guys might become fully devoted followers of Christ which is awesome. Anybody excited about that? Yeah. Okay. A couple of you. Awesome. All right. Now I want to tell you something. Uh, I just kind of told you what they're going to do. And some of you might have been surprised that you didn't hear me say anything about balancing budgets, taking care of the staff, you know, what are, what's going on with the facilities, which, by the way, we don't really have any. Praise God. Um, you didn't hear any of that. Basically, the business of the church. So you're probably wondering, who's doing the business of the church? Well, we've put together something called the business advisory team. This should encourage the mess out of a lot of you. Okay? We put together a business advisory team, and these people are fully devoted followers of Christ, first and foremost, who are gifted in business, who are deploying their giftings in business to help us steward the body and the resources in a way that help you become fully devoted followers of Christ. So we put together this team, and it's five individuals, men and women, who are uh, serving us in that way. And they are awesome. I love them. They are so much not, not like me. It hurts them and hurts me. It's weird. But it's so good for us. It's really, really good. So we call them the BAT team because they're the business advisory team. And over the last month, they've been working with me uh, and Jim and the leadership team to put together a budget for this year because it's a good idea, right? You think so? So they tell me it is, um, to have a budget. And so this, this coming year, we have a budget going into the year. We're going to talk more about that in the weeks to come. But praise God that we have this separate team who serves at Outpost, who submits to the elders, but who does a lot of this work so that the elders can be like Acts chapter 6, if you go there, so the elders can stay focused on the word of God and prayer and shepherding. These guys are making sure that everything else is taken care of and going the right way. And they give us advice. And listen, we're listening to their advice. We're listening to it, and it's so good. Somebody should be saying amen, because that's good stuff right there, all right? And it's just me, apparently. Good, good on you guys. Y'all need to wake up. It's awesome. 
Well, now I wanna to talk to you about some things that are going on in Outpost and where we're kind of the trajectory we're heading in, okay? It's summertime and for some reason we're still kind of growing number-wise. So I wanna to talk to you guys about a few things that are happening to encourage you because we don't give a rip about numbers so much as we care about uh, not growth in numbers but growth that's happening in people's lives. And let me tell you, people's lives are being transformed Outpost Community Church. Do you guys realize since our inception, we've had zero signs. I still meet people and they're like, so where are you? And I'm like, you know, I'm not even gonna tell you. I just hope you find it. It'd be really cool. It's like the secret society up at the rec center that's causing problems. We don't have signs. We don't have any big flashy things. This is what's been amazing about being a part of Outpost Community Church. It's the people of God. Being the people of God in a way that's attracting people to the people of God, okay? So remember, our aim is to be and to make fully devoted followers of Jesus. That's it. Not to have large numbers, ministries, pastoral teams, incredible series, likes and followers. Now, none of these are inherently bad. And some of these might be a result of having the right aim. But whether or not we have any of those things, we're still gonna stay focused on being and making fully devoted followers of Jesus. We have no choice, that's our only goal, okay? So within that mind, let me give you some ministry updates, what's going on. Right now, we have 12 community groups and we're adding more in the next coming weeks. 12 community groups, that's awesome. That's 70 adults and 140 people, including their families, who are in these communities, right, that were devoting to each other in deep, meaningful relationships in a way that makes them fully devoted followers of Jesus. It's creating 70 more leaders, which is awesome. Praise the Lord. Love it. Uh, ministries are now developing an outpost uh, at a rapid rate, and we're barely even keeping up, and it's causing a lot of problems, and it's great. Um, one of those is this fall, we are launching our first semester of a ministry called Reengage. Reengage is a marriage ministry, okay? I tell you that, but that's actually a lie. It's actually an individual ministry that makes you better at your marriage, okay? Because here's the thing married people, you know this, there's no married people problems, there's single people problems that you bring to your marriage. Amen. Amen. Okay? You want to know what's wrong with your marriage? You. All right. So we're actually having our first semester of re-engage this fall. We're not broadcasting it across the city because we ain't ready for that yet. We're going to do it and offer it to here at Outpost Community Church and say, everybody who wants to be a part, we're hoping to launch this this fall. We'd love for you to be a part. Whether your marriage is a 2 out of 10, 8 out of 10, and you just want to get better, it does not matter. Bonnie and I have done it twice. And it's made our marriage so much better. Why? Because I fell more in love with Jesus. That's why. Because my wife fell more in love with Jesus. That's why. Okay? Another thing that's going on right now. Sorry, guys. I don't know what's going on. I think it's my mic. Another thing that's going on is regen. Regeneration. Let's go. Anybody in regen in the room? Let's go. Be proud. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. Regeneration, all right, is where we put all of our sinners. No. Yes. Yes. Let's go. And truth be told, I would be there if I had time. Regeneration is a one-year discipleship ministry that is meant to help everybody with hurts, habits, and hang-ups become more fully devoted followers of Jesus. That's all it is. And it's for drunks, just alcoholics and druggies. No, it's for everybody. You got pride issues, fear of failure, people-pleasing, right? Struggle with money, pornography addiction, doesn't matter what you've got. You're a sinner, it's for you. And it's 52 weeks, and what are they, six weeks in? Five weeks, going into your sixth week? Let's just say six. 
going into their sixth week out of 52. So here's what I wanna say right now. This is a pilot group of over 20 people who are trying to pursue this. And you need to be praying for them because when this ministry launches, hopefully a year from now, it's gonna leave a huge door open for people all over the community who feel like they do not belong with Jesus to have an opportunity to meet people who are a lot like them and have stories like them that are with Jesus. And I'm telling you what, the Bighorn Basin needs it. We need it. Pray for them. Hey, I uh, want to let you know also, uh, some of you guys have gotten to meet Addison Heritage. Addison is now a part of our staff team, but he's also a part of our family. And Addison is a part of our effort to be, make fully devoted followers of Christ out of our next generation. He's gifted in, uh, in a certain way, and we're deploying those giftings with our kids and with our youth. And he's building foundations for you guys who are the youth pastors to pursue these kids and pour into them and build them up in Jesus. Praise God, that's awesome. And we got things going this fall so these kids can be in community groups together doing the same thing that we as adults are trying to do. All right? Being fully devoted followers of Jesus. Now, let me let you know of a few other things that are going on that maybe you don't know. We've been doing a load of leadership training for people like you, men and women, who want to follow Jesus, but also want to help others follow Jesus. So um, this has been happening first and foremost in our community groups. If you're part of a community group, you're being trained to be a leader, period. If you're not, let me know, and we'll have a conversation with your community group. Number two, twice a month, the community group leaders and community group shepherds are gathering together to dive into topics biblically that matter to you. And it's been so great. They're having to write a one-page paper every two weeks. And I don't even care how they feel about it. It's been awesome. It's one of the best things that we're doing. We've been on uh, four leadership trainings through 2 Timothy, the book of 2 Timothy, which is amazing. And some of the men, any men in here been through 2 Timothy? Awesome. Um, it's a great thing. We did it with the women, and it was great and exciting and fun to do together. So we've been training that four times in the past year. We've also did a men's equipping course through Ephesians. Any men who are part of that? Let's go. Awesome. You guys got to, I don't know if you didn't wear deodorant today. You can raise them higher, okay? Um, but we've done that. That's awesome. We've got another men's equipping course coming this fall. And... We're putting together some online courses to help train you to be better disciple makers. Isn't that weird? This tiny little church has got online classes. And they're free for now. Okay. Also, ladies, you're wondering what's up? This fall, there's going to be a ladies equipping course this fall. And uh, which is really exciting. And all these are helping to make fully devoted followers of Christ who make fully devoted followers of Christ. Okay. Now. What is this doing to us? Having all these ministries, pursuing full devotion to Jesus, running together in community, getting in the Bible. What is it doing? Well, first of all, we're growing numerically, which means more opportunities. It means more seats. It means more coffee. It means more tents. It needs, means more leaders. All these things. But here's the thing is, we want to make fully devoted followers of Christ no matter the size, no matter the person, and no matter the sacrifice. Because we have a sacrificial God who loves everyone. Listen, don't check out on me because of the update. This is where it matters. I've heard this said that how do you know that a church has become too big? And the answer that this guy told me was, when one person doesn't matter. As soon as one person doesn't matter at Outpost Community Church, we're too big. You may not know this, but we are already in the top 10% size church in the, in the nation. 
And so here's the thing. What are, what are, we need to talk some numbers. Because with humility and grace, we're going to make mistakes. But what does it look like for us to make sure that every single one of you really does matter? I want to talk to you about some numbers, okay? I'm going to do some math. Just watch as smoke comes out of my ears, okay? All right, I want to show you some math. Do we have it on the, do we have it on the screen, Zach? No? Okay, good. It's probably, it's probably healthier that way. All right. Uh, Addison said I should not do this because I was going to get roasted. I don't really care what you guys think about me. So here, let me tell you. Uh, if you take the number of community groups that we have and you multiply it by 16 and you multiply that by 1.3, you get the number of people that have been hanging around us. Okay, I see you're looking at me and you're like, okay, what is going on here? How did he come up with this? You take the number of community groups you have by the average size community group that we are. Eight adults, which usually has eight family members. That's the way it's been. You guys are replacing yourselves really well. Okay. Um, eight adults with eight. So 16. You tracking with me? So if you take the number of community groups we have times 16, that tells you how many members and family we have. That's 100% of who we are. But what we found is from the very beginning, and it's still tracking exactly the same, there's always 30% of you guys who are not members at Outpost Community Church. So that's why we go to 1.3. Okay, awesome. Some of you are still with me. So check this out. This is why this matters. So when we first started, we had three community groups. Three community groups in this equation equals 62 people. If you were here in the hallway days, that's what we were averaging for the first several months, about 62 people. Now, if you were to take the number of community groups that we have right now in Outpost Community Church, which is 12, multiply it by 16, multiply that by 1.3, who's the smart kid in the room? It's 250. And that is how many people have been around us in the last couple months, around 250 people, including our kids. Okay? Now, if this mad math of mine continues to work, we've got a membership class coming in August. If the same amount of community groups come out of that membership class as the last membership class, we'll add three. So 15 times 16 uh, times 1.3 leads us to 312 people. 312 people. I don't know about you, but that's a pile of bodies. Now, why does this matter? What it's showing us is that every time we add a community group, we grow by 20.8 people. I know you are so bored right now. You're like, what a snoozer. But let me tell you why this matters. What is this teaching us? Listen to me. I'm trying to make an argument for, for you to double down. Why does this matter? It's proven two things. That pursuing growth in life on life, biblically based community that devotes daily to God's word and holds you accountable to do so. That is filled with people who pursue one another relationally. And outdo one another in showing honor to one another. Who live authentically, confessing that we're all sinners. Praying for one another that we might be healed. Who counsel one another biblically, sharing God's word rather than what Oprah, Obama, Biden, anybody says. We say, here's what Jesus' word says to one another. To admonishing each other faithfully. Because listen, you don't always have it right. And sometimes somebody needs to pull the bumpers out on that alley so you can pull some more strikes. You need some limitations in your life. And God is providing these people and a group of people who together engage in their community missionally. When that happens, this is what happens. It always leads to a number of people visiting ministries that tell them about Jesus. You tracking? 
So number two, here's the second thing. The greatest evangelistic tool at Outpost Community Church is the Spirit's work in you. And that's it. It's not my teaching. It's not our ministries. It's not the gymnasium. It's not Addison. It's the Spirit's work in you. When lives are being transformed, when your life is being transformed, and I'm telling you, lives are being transformed in this place. What ends up happening is your friends, your family, your coworkers, your children, they all see it and say, what is that? And like, like a city on a hill, they are magnetically moved toward Christ in you. Because the Spirit's work. You hear that? So here's my argument. We need to double down at Outpost Community Church before it's too late on the things that really matter. And I want to talk to you about that. We need to double down on being fully devoted followers of Jesus. Guys, it is our only hope if we want to accomplish the vision for Outpost Community Church. And the vision is Jesus' vision for you. That you would be a people who are known as his disciples by the way that you love one another. The only way we're going to get there is by devoting daily to one another and to God's word and loving him and loving each other in a miraculous way that only God can help people do. That's the only way. Everything, everything else is just horrible counterfeit. It's a gigantic letdown. How many times have you, me, all of us been a part of what we called the church and it was this flashy thing where they throw you this pitch and try to get you in there and it's like, hey, sit down, shut up, pay up and go about your business. Butts, budgets, buildings. At Outpost Community Church, it's not the butts, budgets, and buildings. We want to know, do you belong to Christ? Are you being trained in truth? Are you being built up? Do you belong? When that happens, transformation happens in a way that all of your friends are saying, hey, hold on a second, what's going on in your life? You're not you anymore. I'll give you some examples. My good buddy Carson Kleinfeld, I've heard, told you guys multiple times about God has transformed his life. Our community group will tell you, transformed this brother's life. Not perfect, but transformed. And he's a fully devoted follower of Christ. And I will follow him as he follows Jesus. He has a friend. He grew up in Powell, was, let's just say, uh, a little rough around the edges in high school. Okay? And kind of had a, was kind of famous for that. But God has done something in his life so much that one of his friends from high school, they were having a conversation on the phone and they're talking about Jesus. And Carson is just giving this guy biblical counsel after biblical counsel. Why? Because that's one of our values here. That's what we do because we're God's people. And so he's telling this guy, and the guy over the phone says, hey, who are you? When's the last time somebody looked at you and said, hey, hold on a second, who are you? Not from who you were in high school, but from who you were six months ago. They're like, man, you're still changing. What, what's going on? That's what happens. Friends, we are on a trajectory to grow numerically, but we are in danger of forgetting why we got here, why our lives changing. And we've got to double down because here's the thing about numbers, guys. I've seen it. Numbers are mirage of success. When they're up, we all go, man, we're doing a great job. When they're down, we start pointing fingers and everybody starts dividing and fighting. It's your fault. Why aren't you doing this? We should be doing that. That's what we do. But when our main goal is to be fully devoted to followers of Christ, we don't care about numbers. The numbers will be God's business. What does Jesus say? I will grow my church. And so our aim 
It's the same as Jesus' to make fully devoted followers of Christ. But the way we get there, guys, is not your self-service. We're really close to getting to a place where you're coming here and you're like, man, why does the coffee taste like that? Why are the chairs crooked? How come they were off on that key in that worship song? Greg's message wasn't right today. It's kind of off. We're starting to get to where we're talking about the wrong things and we're asking the wrong questions. And what we need is to look to Jesus. Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11 says this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. In other words, you won't ever be able to be God. But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is good. What does this tell us, y'all? Listen, Jesus limited himself. He gave up a throne. He sought sinners in a Judean countryside. He gathered with an embarrassing group of disciples. And then he died. But through his death, he brought life to you and to me. And he is enthroned. And that is the way of Jesus. To give yourself up. Not pursuing platform, but just give away. Yet we set no limits on our lives, guys. And so many of you, you're seeking your own thrones. And you're avoiding the sinners. Avoiding your own sin. You're trying to gather with the spiritually elite. I just want to talk to you, Pastor. And by all means, we're all avoiding death at all costs. But Jesus' invitation, like I talked about at the beginning, to follow him, was not just to make you fishers of men. He's not trying to help you gather tons of fish and get a big gathering. What does he say in Luke 9, 23? He says this, Jesus said to them all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Guys, look, listen to me. I'm not even on a platform. Don't fall for the trap of getting into this like rows and pews and all this thing. And we get in this idea that like it's a guy who talks and you're there and you just shut your brain off and don't think. And then you go figure out the first time you think this morning is where you're going to go eat. Think right now. I'm begging you for this morning. He says, if you want to follow him, pick up your cross. Cross. Since when was following Jesus, pick up your teddy bear and follow Jesus. Pick up your paycheck, and when you're done with it, follow Jesus. Pick up your coffee and your latte, and when you're done with it, see if you got some time for Jesus. He says pick up a cross. And listen, he's not asking you to do anything that he hasn't done himself. So I got a, couple, I got a few questions for you. Are you tired of setting up and tearing down? Are you, you guys tired of meeting in a gymnasium or a hallway? parking at the wreck, having to tell your friends where it's at because there's no signs? Are you tired of being asked how you're feeding your soul, how you're feeding your flesh, how you're feeding others in your community group? You getting sick of that? Are you guys done with being asked by Greg, hey, when's the last time you had a meaningful conversation with somebody who's far from Jesus? Some of you are smirking because you've seen me ask you a lot. How many of you guys are just done with accountability? Like, I don't want any more accountability in my life. If I want to bowl into 
the ditch, I'll bowl into the ditch. I'm tired of these bumpers in my life. And then here's my last question. Are you guys tired of me talking about full devotion to Jesus? Does it make you feel uncomfortable? Does it make you kind of want to go to another church where you could just like sip lattes, sit around, discuss theology, and then be just like the world? Here's what I tell you. If that's you, uh, no offense. But as for me and my family, we want to follow Christ. We want to follow the Lord. And I'm not very good at it. So everything I'm telling you right now, this is really awkward because I'm telling you a lot of things that I don't really have figured out and I'm not really that great at. But I'm also not going to be the fool. I've invited Eric Monfell into my, into my life, into my house, to tell me how to be a better follower of Jesus. And I trust him. I've invited Jim King into my life to tell me how to be a better follower of Jesus. Who's in your life? Are you listening to the Spirit? Are you listening to Scripture? Here's what you got to hear, okay? This is where Jim's about to start smiling because my brain has been going nuts with what I've been reading lately. Here's what I want to tell you. If we just seek to be culturally, culturally relevant and we abandon all this full devotion to Jesus stuff and we try to pick up a mixed bag of like church culture mixed with Cody culture and all that stuff, here's what I'm going to tell you. We're going to die. We're going to be the same useless group of people that usually comes from this stuff. Or we could be a creative minority of people who ruthlessly pursue Jesus regardless of what anybody, Cody, says about the church. Let me tell you something, though. They're not talking about you. Cody culture doesn't care about you. Nobody in business and Cody's going, so how does the church do it? Nobody's, nobody cares about you. They're not thinking about you. You're tiny. You're nothing. You're marginalized. You are irrelevant. And the sooner you realize that, the better it's going to get. Uh, I was reading this book. And this guy talks about, in this book, David, David and Goliath, by a guy named Malcolm Gladwell. He, uh, he was reading a guy named Ivan Toft, who is a political scientist. And this political scientist studied over the last 200 years, and he looked at nations that went to war. Every time a, a bigger nation went to war against a smaller nation, what usually happened? What do you think? The bigger nation won 70% of the time, except for when that nation would use unique and obscure tactics. Guess who would win majority of the time? The smaller nation. When they would deploy different tactics, they won 60% of the time in the last 200 years in these bloody battles. There is a uh, Chinese sage of conflict named Sun Tzu who said it like this. He called it death ground. It's what happens when you put people in a position where it's either win or die. And this is what he says. The old adage stands. It's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. And here's what I want Outpost Community Church to be. It's what a church Cody to be. I want to be a small dog with a really big fight. A really big fight. But some of you don't realize how dangerous this battle is right now. The culture wants to colonize you. It wants to take you. It's saying, hey, come with me. Come follow me. And it may not take your salvation from you, but it'll make you so impotent that you're an embarrassment to Christianity. Yes. Or you could be a small dog with a big fight and we say, you know what? Let's change our tactics and realize it does not come with big services, a cool pastor, and all these like flashy things and signs. It comes from deep inner life, you being transformed by the power of the Spirit through the gospel. Amen. And if you just believe that for a minute, I've already shown you it's true and it's happening at Cody, here in Outpost, if you do it, we're going to win. But newsflash, go to the end of the book. 
we win anyways. Man, I'm praying for the Spirit to give us a big fight. And we'd be ruthless. Instead of, like, how many of you guys are like this, man? I, I read the New Testament, I read some stuff, and I'm like, man, those guys were incredible. And then I don't go do anything. Like, any, are any of you sick of reading the Bible and saying, man, that was cool then? Are, are y'all ready to see it here? I guarantee you, we, see, we could see more miracles happening in Cody than Jesus did himself. You know why? Because Jesus was one man. And Jesus knew what he was doing. What did he do? He trained for three years. He didn't just go to the crowds. What did he do? He trained a small ragtag group of 12 people. And listen, you think they're a bunch of jack wagons. Go look in the mirror. We're all kind of jack wagons. And none of us have been listening to Jesus. We make fun of the disciples because they won't listen to Jesus. But when's the last time you listened? We're asking the wrong questions. And so here's the questions I want you guys to ask. Okay? These are what I want you. Listen, if you got a pen, if you got your phone, I want you to take a picture of this. I want to challenge. I dare you to go home, command you if you're a part of Outpost, to go home and ask these questions of yourself. You're going to ask them of yourself first. You're going to talk with it with your family. And if you're in a community group, you're going to take it to your community. And you guys are going to answer these questions. If you're not a member here and you don't have community, find somebody who will help you process the answer to these questions. Here they are. Is being and making fully devoted followers of Christ my mission? Is that just Greg's mission? Is that the leadership's mission? Is that Outpost's mission? Or is that your mission? Don't waste my time. Don't waste your time. Either read the question and answer it and make a decision. At least you'll know that you don't want to follow him or you do. Number two, what would need to be limited, given up, or crucified in my life to be a, a more fully devoted follower of Jesus? There are things in my life that I need to answer this question to. They need to be crucified, they need to be let go, or they need to be limited. Are you willing to do that? To make fully devoted followers of Jesus? Lives are on the line. Number three, what do I have that wasn't a gift from God? Okay, I want you to walk around your house. I want you to point at the lamps. I want you to point at the mattresses. Okay, I want you to get on, on Wells Fargo, go look at your bank account. I want you to look at everything that you own, including the shirt that's on your back, and say, what do you have that was not a gift from God? And you might say, hey, I, I earned this. Scripture tells you, hey, be careful to say that in your own power and might, you earned anything. Because the reality is, you have no power and might if God didn't give it to you. It's a gift. Here's the second thing I want you to do with that question. What is it, what I have? What do I have that wasn't a gift from God? Two of the things, I want you to start thanking him for it. And I want you to open your hand with those things. Here's the, here's the reality, friends. There's a, in the New Testament, Jesus comes across a rich young ruler, right? Tons of stuff. He comes to Jesus and he says, I'm, I'm following you, I'm doing all these things. And he said, that's great. Go sell everything you have and follow me. And what does he do? He walks away. He walks away, not because he had a lot of possessions, but because his possessions had him. Here's the reality. If there's anything in your life that you can't give up, you're a slave to it. But if you open up your hands, you think that God's going to automatically take it from you. But here's the reality. If he leaves it there, you get to enjoy it like you've never enjoyed it before. Because you know, one, it was a gift. I'm thankful for it. Number two, he could take it and who cares? I follow Jesus. Okay. Four, here's the next, next and last question. 
how can my time, my gifts, and my material possessions, including my money, be deployed to the glory of God and the building up of the body of Christ? You're like, oh great, here comes a pastor talking about money. Let me tell you, the greatest pastor who ever lived talked more about money than he talked about almost anything else. And his name starts with a J and it rhymes with Jesus. It's Jesus. I went to go look up some scripture on stewardship just so I could talk about stewardship with the bat team. You know what I found? I found 65 verses on generosity. That's all I found. The only time I could find something that really talked about the word stewardship was your gifting, your spiritual gifts. What does it tell you to do with your money? What's the code ethic of the Bible? Get rid of it. Give it to people. Bless others. Meet their needs. Be about it. You're like, ooh, that doesn't fit in our culture. And that's what I was telling you earlier. Stop thinking you're supposed to blend in with the culture. Be generous. Whether you give it to outposts or not, be generous. Here's what I want you to do, guys. I'm not going to come ask you. Unless you're in my community group, then I will ask you. You need to answer these questions. And at least for yourself, you'll know the answer. And if you answer them the way that I hope you'll answer them, then you know that you need some help to follow them. Because the reality is, guys, we're not asking you to do more. We're asking you to give more up for Jesus, to just love him more. Full devotion to Jesus is not characterized by you doing a lot of Christian things. It's characterized by love and joy and peace and patience. And as numbers are increasing here at Outposts, we're in danger. So let me read one scripture to you and I'll send you out. Okay? This is so good. Thank you for letting me just share this. But not like you gave me permission. I did whatever I wanted. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Listen to these words. This is what Paul says. Talking about making it to the end, achieving this perfection, getting to heaven, becoming what God wants you to to become. He says this, not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. Only let us hold true to what we have already attained. Brothers, sisters, Join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly. They glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Father, I pray just asking for your forgiveness in the ways that I've been fully devoted to myself rather than fully devoted to the gospel of Jesus. And um, I confess that in front of my friends here, knowing that um, your grace is sufficient to cover that.
Spirit of God, I pray you give these people courage. I don't know why they're here. I don't know if they came here because it's a cultural thing. I don't know if they came here because somebody invited them or this is their family. But I pray for them right now that no matter who they are, they just take serious for a moment that the God of the cosmos would set aside, would limit, and would love each and every one of us. God, Holy Spirit, show that to us. I pray that they would have courage. I pray that they would be a creative minority. I pray that you would forgive them of their sin. I pray that you would restore love and joy and peace and patience into their souls. And I pray that we as a church would double down on being and making fully devoted followers of Christ. And God, may you be glorified in us as we seek that above all things. I pray that in Christ's name.